Hi everyone, welcome back to Mindboggler. So for this episode, it's actually one of the most well-known cases in Indonesia. Everybody was talking about this back in 2016. It's been five years now, but it's still an interesting story because until this day, there are still a lot of versions of the story because allegedly every witness has different versions of the story and over time they change it, which can be a little bit confusing. Other than that, the motive of the perpetrator, they kind of have a lot of versions of that too. Today we're going to be talking about the murder of Wayang Myrna or is famously known as the ice coffee cyanide poisoning. Mm. This was a phenomenal murder case. It broke the national news all across Indonesia. People were talking about this non-stop. It also broke the international news but it didn't get as much attention as it does in Indonesia. Even the ruling of this case was televised on like national yeah, television yeah, yeah. and was watched by millions of people in Indonesia. I, re- I remember that everybody I knew talked about it. Which is super crazy because news anchors in Indonesia said that this case has become a TV drama Ooh. that everyone's so excited about. One of them even said that this was like a CSI episode when like the villain of the movie is so good you don't want to see them die. What? <laughs> they kind of... <laughs> a lot okay. of people... <laughs> a lot of people are expecting this case to go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, Indonesians have this tendency to like go into everybody's business <laughs> yeah. and make it, you know, it's fun for them. Yeah. Also, honestly, if anything, this case really just, you know, try to teach us a lesson to like always stay precautious, especially when it comes to someone else's feelings. Like try not to hurt anyone's feelings, you know, because you never really know to what extent someone would do to you just because you rub them in the wrong way, even if the person is something you think is close to you. And so this story begins with a woman by the name of Jessica Kamala Wongso. She is the last born daughter of a man by the name of Minardi Wongso and a woman by the name of Imelda Wongso. Her parents were from Jakarta and they work in the plastic industry for bicycles. Mm. In 2005, her whole family moved to Australia and she began to attend university at the Billy Blue College in Sydney. Okay. So this is when she met Wayang Mirna, who is a wealthy Indonesian socialite, the daughter of a very successful businessman who owns many garment companies in Jakarta. They were actually very close college friends, and Jessica had a reputation of being bubbly and goofy, so nothing out of the ordinary from what everybody knows of when she was in college. After graduating college, Jessica became a permanent resident in Australia, while Mirna moved back to Indonesia with her boyfriend by the name of Arif Samarko. Then, a few years after graduating, Myrna actually went on a vacation to Sydney and catched up with Jessica, but they ended up being in a feud because Myrna told Jessica to dump her then-Australian boyfriend. Myrna always had the reputation of showing tough love, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, she was very upfront about things. If things were bothering her, she's not the type of person who would, you know, hold back whatever it is that she wants to say. So it may came out a little bit harsh the way she was giving advice to Jessica. Yeah. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And maybe that really rubbed Jessica in the wrong way, even if the intention was never to hurt her. 
And so this is when things started to go downhill for Jessica because it seemed like the confrontation she had with Myrna only led her into increasingly bizarre and worrying behaviors. Like soon after, she actually had to be hospitalized for five times because of her attempts of suicide. Like she tried to kill herself for five times and she had to be hospitalized because of that. By a comment Myrna gave her. I, I don't know. I mean, that's too much if you, if you ask me. Or it could be Jessica who's like mentally in, mm, unstable. You yeah, know, maybe yeah, she yeah. has something with her mental state at that time or whatever. Well, let's just go for that. <laughs> she also crashed her car into a nursing home in Sydney, literally meters away from an elderly resident. Mm. And she also had to be hospitalized because of her cracked rib. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry I laughed, but it was kind of funny. And so Myrna, hearing all these news about Jessica, she kind of grew this fear of her because she knew that Jessica wasn't in a good place mentally. Mm -hmm. So she decided not to invite Jessica to her wedding because she grew cautious of her. She was afraid because what if she does something, you know, dangerous to herself or yeah. like to other people because of her mental state, you know? It went even worse when Jessica had to lose her job as a graphic designer in New South Wales that she had to move back to Jakarta. She just, after she lost her job, she just moved back to Jakarta. Okay, okay. And so after moving back to Jakarta, Jessica decided to ask Myrna to meet up with her and get some coffee and catch up and maybe even bury the hatchet between mm. the two of them because, you know, of the feud that happened a few years ago in Australia, right? And Myrna actually agreed on going. But because she was kind of cautious of Jessica, she had to ask for another of their college friends to come and accompany her, mm -hmm. which is a woman by the name of Hani Joita. Myrna also told her concern about Jessica to her husband. Mm -hmm. You know, she told him how she was a little bit scared of what's going to happen, etc. Right? But she went anyways. Well, Mirna's husband is Arif? Yeah, Arif. Oh, okay. They got married. Okay, yeah. Now, the next thing that's about to happen, every second of it was captured on CCTV. So this footage was actually used in the trial as a solid proof of how Jessica Wongso murdered Myrna. So the three of them decided to meet up in a Swiss cafe in Jakarta called Olivier. And oddly, Jessica messaged her friends hours before insisting that she pre-orders their drinks. Okay, that's that's weird. That's weird, right? That's really weird. If, if someone I had a feud with uh -huh. said to me oh you know what i insist of buying you a drink that's suspicious that's suspicious <laughs> the first thing that comes into my mind is I'm she's getting going <laughs> i'm getting killed i'm getting killed she's gonna she's gonna put poison in my mm, drink yeah, right yeah. and Myrna didn't catch that i don't know <sighs> maybe she did maybe she was like oh yeah i feel like chance, she, i feel know? like she did but you know how it is like uh benefit of the doubt yeah benefit of the doubt mm. she gave her benefit of the doubt like i mean you know, they were friends in college, yeah, like... Bury the... Let's bury the hatches. Yeah. Maybe she's just trying to be nice, but you know... But Little did she know. Little did she know. <laughs> Dude, she's dead. What the fuck is wrong with you? So, on the group chat, she insisted to buy everyone drinks. She was like, oh, what drinks do you guys want? This one's on me. You know what I'm mm, saying? Mm -hmm. And Myrna, at first, actually didn't want her to do that. She was like, no, it's yeah. okay. You don't have to. All that jazz. But then she ended up telling Jessica that she loved Olivier's Vietnamese coffee. Mm -hmm. So, Jessica proceeded to order that drink. And so, Jessica's arrival at the cafe was actually 
actually caught in CCTV at 3:30 p.m., which is 19 minutes earlier than the exact time they were set to meet. But strangely, shortly after getting there, she left the cafe saying that she needed to buy some presents for her friends, right? And so she bought the presents and returned with three large bags, each bag containing just a tiny bottle of liquid soap. So these are three big bags、mm. with only tiny soap inside of them. You know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it was caught in the CCTV that she was looking around the whole cafe, looking back at her table, and then looking around the whole cafe again.、Uh, yeah. So at this time, she was ensuring that the camera wouldn't pick up on what she was going、mm. to do next. You know. But little did she know, there's another camera on the other side of the cafe that had a clear view of her table. <laughs> Now the next thing she did was very suspicious. Right after the drinks arrived, which is specifically 52 minutes before Mirna's arrival,、mm-hmm. she picks up the three large shopping bags and places them on top of the table, kind of making、uh, like a, a cover. Yeah, yeah, kind of making a fort so that people in front of him couldn't see what she was going、mm-hmm. to do, right? And the thing is, it's not like she just you know put it there on the table and continued to mind her own business. No, she put it on the table and moved it around, like arranging it so that the camera and the people in front of her couldn't see what she was doing. And although the bags kind of got into the way of the CCTV actually catching her on her misconduct, luckily the CCTV caught her hand movement and she was moving the coffee cup for a couple of minutes. And about an hour later. Myrna and Hani finally arrived, and they went to Jessica's table, and they all shared a hug and sat down. Seconds after sitting down, Myrna took a sip of the iced coffee, and this next part is so heart wrenching because you actually get to witness her lose her life on the CCTV footage. So after that sip of coffee, you could see on the footage that she looked kind of surprised and irritated. You know how like if you thought a piece of cake was going to be sweet, but it turns out you know it's super sour, and you make that face of. Confusion. Well, she was doing that, and it was caught by the CCTV. And she started to kind of like tell her friends, like, "Oh my God, this coffee tastes like shit. Like, here,、yeah. try it, try it." You know, yeah, she yeah. was making that gesture.、Mm-hmm. You know, she was also doing kind of. Fanning her mouth, like flapping、uh, her hands in front of her face, as if she just ate like something super spicy. Like she kept fanning her face、ooh. and mouth until another minute came, and her head was thrown back to the chair, and she started having a seizure, and foam was coming out of her mouth, and ended up collapsing on the chair of the cafe. I rewatched the whole CCTV footage, and I got goosebumps. That was really sad.、Yeah. That was just. Horrendous, honestly. It was really it was bad. Scary. Okay, so the thing about cyanide is that it works by blocking a cell's ability to produce ATP, which is a source of energy that is used by our body to perform natural functions. Right?、Yeah. When a person ingests a lethal dose of cyanide, the body's cells suddenly stop producing ATP. After this occurs, muscle cells don't get the energy they need, and the person experiences inconsistencies with muscle contraction and relaxation. Your lungs and your heart. Are pure muscles. When they can no longer function, you won't be able to breathe,、yeah. and cardiac arrest will happen. The length of time it takes for cyanide to kill a person ranges about two to five minutes, and during this time frame, they're fully conscious and experience、Ooh. every bit of chemicals effect. Yeah, a lot of people actually thinks that cyanide is a way to get a quick and painless death, but modern science now show us that it wasn't the case. Instead. Those who got cyanide poisoning probably experienced a long and agonizing death, which is so sad. Yeah, that's so sad. 
<sighs> and so everybody at that time thought she was having an episode of epilepsy. Nobody thought she was like, you know, poisoned or anything, but everybody was frantic except this one particular person. And that particular person is Miss Jessica Wong. So it was very suspicious of her because she looked like nothing happened. Like she was the only person in the room who wasn't crying, who wasn't like distressed or shocked with what was going on. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so ironic that she was like the first person who went off to the manager and she was like what the hell did you put in her drink <laughs> <laughs> trying yeah. to find the culprit pretty quick there yeah the thing is nobody thought nobody thought, nobody thought yeah. it was poison right and then she was like what the hell did you put in the drink yeah yeah so they rushed Mirna to the hospital but sadly she couldn't make it she was pronounced as dead when they got to the hospital mm. So the manager of the cafe is a woman by the name of Didi and of course she was also frantic and she was like oh, what is going on right yeah, and the first thing she did she kept the original iced coffee which is the iced coffee that Myrna drank mm. because of her suspicious you know mm -hmm. because of her suspicions nobody knew it at that time but this was actually the most vital piece of evidence in this case because if Didi didn't keep the iced coffee that Myrna drank Jessica would have gotten away with the murder three days after the death of Myrna the police confirmed that the iced coffee contained a lethal dose of cyanide and they started to investigate Jessica Wongso. And so they decided to reach out to the police department in Australia so that they could like interview Jessica's former boss by the name of Christy Carter. She's the head of the media and marketing at New South Wales. And the Indonesian police said that she was the key evidence of this murder trial. When Christie was interviewed, she actually said that for the past eight months observing Jessica, seeing how her attitude, hatred, and the nature of her craziness, she had no doubt that Jessica is capable of killing another person. <laughs> she also said that when she visited Jessica in the hospital recovering from one of her suicide attempts, she admitted to knowing how to use poison to kill a person. Wow. That is like Let's go to jail already. Okay, that is like we all we all know that she yeah. killed her. Come on. After the interview, Jessica actually sent death threats to Christy telling her that she's gonna kill her and her mother. Hi <laughs> uh, Jessica. Oh Jessica. Jessica, Jessica, Jessica. Uh. Okay. I'm sorry, but it's so funny. Like, when you want to, you know, when you want to seem innocent, the last thing you should do <laughs> is send death threats to mm -hmm, people. Mm -hmm. Especially saying like, okay, I'm going to kill you and your yeah, mother. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that really proves how she's mentally... Disarrayed. Disarrayed. Right? In the murder investigation, they also found out that Jessica's ex-boyfriend, who Myrna said, uh, you know, who Not Myrna... To, uh, continue? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He made a restraining order against her to the Indonesian's authorities. Whoa. <laughs> this is my first time... Oh, wait. Yeah, this is my first time hearing about this. Restraining hearing about... Order, restraining order. Against I, a yeah, woman? I mean, I only hear this from movies. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is a it? lot of people get restraining order because of a lot of things. The, but the, not the, in Indonesia though because yeah. they don't have the law for that. Oh, I feel they like. don't have law? The first time I knew about a restraining order is from Rick and Josh. <laughs> <laughs> when <laughs> Oprah Winfrey got a restraining order uh, to Josh. Uh, Josh. <laughs> That's the first time I heard about it. <laughs> it's pretty iconic, huh? No. <laughs> Restraining order? Yeah, the restraining order. <laughs> From Oprah? Oprah. <laughs> it wasn't Drake and Josh. Okay. It was so funny. I was like, I remember that vividly. Oh, wow. Because he was so weird towards Oprah. It was <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
So from then and out, we kind of already know that Jessica is batshit crazy, right? Yeah. And so let's talk about the trial case. The trial began a month after Jessica was deemed as a suspect. Because of her wealthy family, they hired a very prestigious lawyer with like, you know, long record of winning cases, etc. Mm-hmm. Right? And the thing on why it was kind of hard to find her guilty is because she literally had no cyanide on her. There were no proof she ever had cyanide on her, no proof of her putting the cyanide into the iced coffee. Yes, there were footage of her moving around the cup of coffee, but touching cups of coffee doesn't kill anyone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And until this day, the Indonesian police don't have any idea on how Jessica even got her hands on the cyanide in the first place. But after three months of the hearing, they finally got the evidence that they needed. And on 27th October of 2016, she was found guilty of putting the cyanide in Myrna's coffee and was sentenced to 20 years of prison. They were actually going to give her the death sentence. Mm hmm. They were like, you know, they were going to shoot her. But because this case couldn't operate without the Australian police, they had to change her sentence to just imprisonment because Australian police only wanted help if the Indonesian government promised not to kill Jessica. In the formal appeal, they stated that the motive on why Jessica committed the murder is because she wanted to have revenge due to Mirna telling her multiple times to break up with her ex-girlfriend. But honestly, until this day, nobody really knows the real motive. Ex-girlfriend. <laughs> At one point, there was even a theory that Myrna and Jessica were lovers. <laughs> and, you know, Jessica got jealous because Myrna got married with another person. Uh, that was a theory. That was like... Conspiracies. Yeah, the conspiracies, okay. which is really cool. So that is it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Stay tuned for the next one. See ya.